1: BCF family, we are so glad that you're here today. You're in a good place, for we serve a good God and He's ready to do good things. If you're watching online, thank you for tuning in and watching uh, this service. Lord, we just want to exalt the name of Jesus in this place. We thank you, Lord, that you are working mightily in our midst by your Holy Spirit, and we give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord together.
2: Dance and praise it. It doesn't matter what comes my way, the greater one lives inside of me.
1: give you thanks and praise. You're the rock of our salvation. You're the Savior, the healer, the Lord, and the King. And it's unto you, Lord, we lift up our voice, and we give you praise. We give you praise in this place. We lift up the name of Jesus.
2: Lord, you're worthy.
1: You're worthy of all our
2: praise.
1: We offer to you the fruit of our lips. We thanks
2: unto you. bless you, Lord.
1: Jesus thank you for what you have done thank you for inhabiting your house and welcoming us as guests in your presence and we thank you Lord that you speak to us I want to take you into the realm of possibility all things are possible to them who believe all things are possible to them who put their trust in me all things are possible to them who stand on my word for it shall come to pass it shall be complete it shall be fulfilled hallelujah oh Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. You you may have your seats. And we just want to say, if you're visiting with us today here at Victory Christian Fellowship, it's such a joy to have you. And uh, we look forward to uh, meeting you and uh, getting to know you better. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. However you got here today, you're in a good place. And we just welcome you. Amen. Amen. You know, I want to say something as you
2: prepare yourself to receive from God. If uh, you have to get yourself out of a wilderness wilderness mindset, because in the wilderness, uh, death was the thought. They were waiting to die. So you you just have to say, I am not in the wilderness. I am. Bound for the promised land of healing. And I rebuke that death speech off of me. Because that's what the wilderness had as far as health, was they proclaimed that they will die here. You won't. Amen. You're going to live and not die, but you have to say it. We can say it for you, but you also have to say it. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, one of the things we like to do here at BCF is just speak the word. And we want to invite you to join us as we make our confession of faith. Let's make our confession.
2: The righteousness (laughs) righteousness of of God comes to us as as we we put put our faith in
1: Jesus Christ. Christ. Righteousness Righteousness is is a gift the Lord has given given to those who trust in him as as Savior and and confess Jesus as as Lord.
2: God God made Christ who never never sinned
1: to be the the offering offering for our sin. so So that we could be be made made right with God through Christ. Through righteousness, we are acceptable to God, and we are given a new nature that is clean and holy.
2: Righteousness transforms us
1: in Christ. God is able to rescue us, his righteous people, from things that would overwhelm the wicked. We expect God's blessing to rest on us, And we believe our righteousness will release strength and favor to our city. As we pursue righteousness, we shall experience abundant life. As we walk in righteousness, we shall possess a lasting reward. We shall be filled completely with the fruits of righteousness that are found in Jesus, the anointed one, bringing great praise and glory to God. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships
2: in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature.
1: At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and and experiencing experiencing their their benefits. benefits.
3: Amen. Amen. Good morning. In case you didn't catch it when you came in, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you as a person. You. He loves you. Jesus loves you. And say that to yourself. Jesus loves me. Yes, you have to hear yourself say that. Your body needs to hear you say that. People around you need to hear you say that. God said it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus. So we need to say that too. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. How many of you grew up singing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know? Start singing it again. I won't sing for you today, but I might another day. Yeah, sing that Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Okay. All right. Welcome to Victor Christian Fellowship. Today is a day like none other. It's fresh out of the oven. It's fresh. This is a fresh new day that God has prepared for each one of us. God prepared today for you. <laughs> I am excited to see what he has prepared for each one of us. And we're going to put that on display when he demonstrates his love to us today. Woo! I'm excited. We have this wonderful, I'm here to give announcements. In case you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm here to give announcements, so I'm switching over to announcements. We have this wonderful half sheet that gives you a glance at the annou- of the announcements. So if you like a to-go paper that has the announcements all listed for you, it's in the back there right next to the offering podium. You'll see it. So that's a nice new addition to our announcements. You can grab one of those and take it with you. They're also on our website, vcfpa.org, for those of you who like to check things out digitally. It's on the website. But you can still listen to me. (laughs) I have some more exciting news. Next Sunday, we have a guest speaker from India. Now, I'm saying his name having never heard it before. So I'm just going to say it the um, Pennsylvania way. But when he comes next week, we'll hear how to say it correctly, right? His name is Reverend Raj Kiran Maripo. How's that sound for the first time saying his name? (laughs) I'm going to ask him to please say his name next week. But this is one of the pastors that Pastor Doug went and spoke. Well, not he spoke, but he also taught at his Bible school in India this past year. So we are so excited to have him for the first time at VCF. So that's March 3rd. Next Sunday is March Hallelujah. We made it through February, even with a leap day. Woo! (laughs) All right. I like March. It it sounds more like spring to me. All right. So come on out, and let's receive from this minister of the Lord, coming all the way from Hyderabad, India, to minister to us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m., And while we're talking about guest speakers, the other Bible school that Pastor Doug taught, I keep saying taught, he taught. He taught Bible school lessons, (laughs) courses when he was there, was um, in Chandigarh, India, with Reverend Sushil Kumar, and he will be with us on a Wednesday night, March 20th. So March, we're having two guest speakers from the two Bible schools that Pastor Doug invested in, and now they're coming here and investing in us, so you want to be here, plan for it. All right, I just suggest that uh, you get the sheet in the back and look on the website. We are going to be increasing more and more, so just get ready for it, prepare for it. Monday Night Women, it's the High Value Women's Group. You can join that group on fionainc.com. There's cards that you can pick up. Tuesday is all about youth here at VCF. Tuesday afternoon, we have the middle school program, This Generation, where the Palmyra Middle School students come here for an hour to learn about the Bible, who they are, and what God has for them. And that's 125 on Tuesdays. The Victory Bus goes and picks them up. It's a great time of ministering to our middle schoolers. Then Tuesday evening, we have New Generation Air Force. That's our youth group here at VCF. You want to come on out to that. And sticking with the youth, this Saturday is our first ever winter event that Melissa is leading for us. Winning a Winter Wonderland. So you want to go on and register at vcfpa.org. It's free registration, but it helps us prepare, and we get your parents' permission for you to participate. All right. And then back to uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. This Wednesday is our community prayer and praise evening. Oh, this is a glorious week. You want to come on out to that where we... Worship, praise, and pray together. That is power right there, being released into our community and around the world. Thursday is our ministry to the third, fourth, and fifth graders at two elementary schools in our community, Northside and Forge. You want to participate in that because if you need a lift for your week, you just come be around those kids. They are excited to be here and we bless them, and they bless us. So you can see Ms. Chris Frenchek if you want to help out with that or call the church office. Then Thursday night, we have the Grace course, which is online Zoom. Ha-ha! There's power in that! <laughs> you want to learn about Grace from Pastor Doug, and he teaches us Thursday nights. It's a five-week course. 6 30 p.m. if you can't join the live once you're in the group you can watch the recording okay so sign up for that at vcfpa.org all right and that's thursday and now we're on to saturday so i told you about the winning winter wonderland that's from 11 to 3 and we're ending winter Win winning winter wonderland With the Covenant Fishing Company. So the uh, first and third Saturdays, we've started a witnessing company here. Covenant Fishing Company, it's called. And that's where we train. And then we go out and we tell people, Jesus loves you. God has a plan for your life. And is there any way we can pray for you? And we invite you to Victor Christian Fellowship. That's the... That's the bottom line right there. So you want to join us here, meet here at 2.40. We go out together after some training and prayer. And we invite you to join us with that. And then we have a special missions project for the month, well, for now, through the month of March. It ends March 31st. How would you like to invest and participate in building a church in Uganda? I think that's a great opportunity. Last year we got to participate in Kenya by providing a tent for Bishop Keegan. And now we have the opportunity to build, help build, finish building a church in Uganda. And it's actually going to be a church that Pastor Doug is going to later in the year. So let's prepare a great place for people to gather, not just every week for them. But for Pastor Doug, what month are you going? In September. So that gives them time to finish building. How's that sound? All right, I forgot an important thing. You put special project on the memo. Special project. Checks payable to VCF. Special p- project. And then you will be preparing the house of the lord in uganda with bishop george nsamba all right that's it god bless you
1: amen we have a lot of good things that are happening here different things for you to get involved with praise the lord hallelujah hallelujah And I just want to encourage you uh, in your giving. Amen. Amen. Now, that special missions offering, that's over and above. And uh, at the end of the month, whatever comes in, we'll send him uh, a check, and the church will always add to that as well, and uh, it'll be a blessing. But uh, I just want to encourage you about giving. Uh, Giving is an expression of our thankfulness and praise to God. And it comes from a heart of worship. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. The greatest giver of all time is God. Yeah. And he gave us the greatest gift, Jesus, yeah. and his Holy Spirit. And uh, your gift, what, whatever you give, amplifies what's in your heart. You know, giving is a... I've heard it said that money is a magnifier. It simply magnifies what's already there. Amen? Yeah. And And... Uh, Giving is essential to our Christian walk. Um, the Bible encourages everyone who believes in Jesus to give. Uh, giving begins with a tithe. That's a, that, the tithe, tithe actually belongs to the Lord. Uh, the, the word tithe means 10%. And uh, he promises a, a blessing on that, that he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you so great that your rooms can't contain it, and he'll rebuke the devourer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, we, every person is equipped to give their time, their talent, and their treasure Amen. to the Lord. Amen. I you are a walking storehouse of gifts. Amen. Amen. And they were designed to be a blessing. Yes. Amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, God wrote the book on giving. Yeah. So here at VCF, you have an opportunity to give. Uh, it's not, uh, we don't put any pressure. It's an opportunity. Amen. Amen. And uh, you can give any time during the service. Uh, if you make a check, you make it out to VCF. Uh, you can uh, use a card. You can u- do the bookstore. You can go on our website. Do it that way. And uh, praise God. And I want to encourage you, if you don't have the VCF app, we do have an app. Hallelujah. And uh, you can get that wherever you get apps. And uh, that has uh, all the information. And, and you can connect with our services and everything. Thank God for technology. Amen. Technology. So, Father, we give you thanks and praise for the givers and their gifts today. We thank you as they give into your kingdom, Lord. You will pour out a rich, abundant blessing on them. You'll provide for them and you'll prosper them and you'll preserve them. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We, we have a, a ministry to our kids now. It's called Kids Life Kids Living in Faith Every Day. So, kids and teachers. We're going to dismiss you, go to your class, learn about Jesus, hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord. There was a... uh, a couple from uh, Minneapolis, and they decided to go to Florida to thaw out during a peculiar uh, cold winter. And they planned to stay at the same hotel where they uh, spent their honeymoon 20 years earlier. Because of their hectic schedules, it was difficult for the couple to coordinate their travel plans. So the husband left Minnesota to fly to Florida on Thursday, while his wife planned to fly on the following day. Uh, The husband checked into the hotel. Now, this was probably a few years ago because there was a computer in the room. (laughs) And so he decided to send an email to his wife. However, he accidentally left out the letter of her email address and sent the email uh, to uh, uh, to the wrong place without realizing his error. Meanwhile, in Houston, a widow had just returned home from her husband's funeral. He was a Baptist minister who who, uh, went home to glory after a heart attack. The widow decided to check her email, expecting condolence messages from family and friends. But after reading the email, (laughs) she screamed and fainted. The widow's son rushed into the room found his mother on the floor, and saw the computer screen, which read, To my loving wife, subject, I've I've just arrived today. I know you're surprised to hear from me. They have computers here now. And you are allowed to send emails to your loved ones. Since I just arrived, I thought I'd send you an email. Everything has been prepared for your arrival tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing you then. Hope your journey is as, is as uneventful as mine was. P.S., it sure is hot down here. <laughs> 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 Got to be careful who gets those emails. Hallelujah. And here's uh, one more. You know, God was uh, talking to his angels. He says, do you know what I have just done? I have just created 24 hours of alternating light and darkness on earth. Isn't that good? The angel said, yes, but what do you do now? God says, I think I'll call it a day. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, this morning is a good morning. Because you're here, God is here, and his power is here. And today is Healing Sunday. The Lord uh, led us to put every last Sunday of the month for this year as a Healing Sunday. And uh, I want you to know that healing is for today. I want you to say that with me. Say "Healing healing is for today. It's not something that has passed away. It's not something that has stopped. And uh, it's always been God's intention to heal people and to give life to them and to give strength to them and to make them whole. And, uh, you know, God included healing in his plan because he knew that we're going to need it. And um, uh, it's God's will... For every believer to be saved and to be healed. And we're going to see from the Bible how this is an absolute truth. All right, Um, And faith also plays an important role in receiving healing. And we build our faith on God's Word. Faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing and hearing God's Word. Okay? So as you're hearing the Word today, faith is entering your heart. And faith is the force that pleases God. And it's how we receive everything from God. Amen. Amen. Faith connects us and activates God's power in our lives. And uh, faith is how we receive anything. So um, I want you to go to uh, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23. And we're going to go ahead and begin here. You know, it's not, uh, it's it's never been God's will. He recorded it in Peter. He said, it's not my will that any should perish. You know, it's not God's will for any to go to hell. So he made a way for them not to, you know. He issued everybody a ticket to get out of hell. But not everybody has claimed their ticket. Amen? The ticket is Jesus. All right? In Matthew chapter 4... Starting with verse 23. And it says, Jesus went about all Lebanon County. It says Galilee, but we'll make it applicable for today. Who went about? Jesus. This is something that he did wherever he went. Okay? He went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues. They didn't have churches then. They had synagogues. So he he went about teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And everybody say and, and. that's a conjunction. They're connected these phrases, right? How many grew up watching schoolhouse rock? Conjunction, junction. What's your function? Hooking up phrases. You have to look it up on YouTube. (laughs) So he was teaching in the synagogues. He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So Jesus, wherever he went, he, he did three primary things. He taught... He preached the gospel of the kingdom, which is the good news of the kingdom, and he healed people. Amen? All manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Verse 24, and his fame went throughout all Syria. That's another country. What he was doing had gotten such a claim that it was going into another country and they were hearing about things that Jesus was doing. And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with different diseases and torments and those who were possessed with devils and those who were were lunatic or crazy. (laughs) And those... That had palsy and what did he do? He healed them. Say he healed them. He He never, Jesus never said you gotta schedule an appointment. Jesus never said I'm too booked. When they brought him people of different diseases, he healed them. If he did it then, he still does it today because he doesn't change. He is the Lord God. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If Jesus healed people then, then he still heals people today, and he'll be healing people tomorrow. He'll be healing people until he comes again. Why? We're going to find out why. Amen? But Jesus went about all of Galilee... And uh, healing, this means to care for, to attend, to serve. It means uh, like a physician. How many know Jesus is the great physician? He's not just a physician, he's a healer. Physicians don't necessarily heal. They help you heal. They aid in the process, but Jesus heals. That's different. He, does, he doesn't just aid in the process, he actually heals the problem. Yeah. Yeah. He solves, he fixes, yeah. he strengthens whatever needs to be done. Yeah. You, and, and this word healing has to do with people who have a physical condition and, and they're restored. Okay? So Jesus went about, it it means to heal, to cure, to restore, to health. To heal, to cure, to restore, to health. Okay? And uh, go to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. You can look at it on the screen or follow along in your Bible or your device, however you want to do it. Aren't you glad for options? Amen. In uh, Matthew uh, 16, verse 18, see, Jesus continues the work that he started through his body. Right? And we are the body of Christ. Yes. Every believer in Christ Jesus is part of the body of Christ. Okay? And notice what he told his disciples. Uh, verse 18, Mark 16, 18, They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And what's going to happen? They shall recover. They shall recover. Amen? Amen. You, so uh, he, he, he gave his disciples power to cast out devils and to heal the sick. Amen? God, God's will is for the sick to be healed. Yeah. Anyone with any illness can be healed. Amen. It is His will. Just like anybody can be saved. Right? And uh, so, what is the source of sickness? You know, the Bible gives us a little information about where sickness came from. You know, sickness wasn't always in this earth. There was a time in this earth where there was no sickness no disease no death and it was in the garden where god created adam and eve first man and first woman right they boldly go went to hallelujah and uh, there was no sickness until sin occurred and when sin occurred it brought death sickness is a type of death, it leads to death, okay? And uh, we're going to see this. So uh, what happened was um, sin and sickness are the product of sin. Uh, Sin goes against God. Sin is disobedience, rebellion, it's missing the mark, it's rejecting God. Sin separates a person from God. It separates a person from the life of God, okay? You know, if you're separated from God, you can't get his benefits. And if you're separated from his life, then what's left? Death, right? You know, God told Adam and Eve, he, said, he told Adam, he said, you know, if you eat of this, you can have any tree that you want, don't eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat it, you shall die, right? Right? So death never happened until uh, he ate of that fruit. Okay? And uh, sin brings destruction in your life. Sin is a destroyer. Uh, But here's the thing. There's one cure for sin. His name is Jesus. And if you can cure sin, you can cure its effects. You can cure what it produces. Amen? Jesus is the only cure for sin. And uh, so, uh, uh, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I want you to look at uh, verse 59. Deuteronomy 28 verses 59 to 61. And, uh, you know, Deuteronomy is, is, is the, it, the first half of the chapter talks about the blessing. The second part of the chapter talks about the curse. And it lists sickness as a curse. Okay? Verse 59, Deuteronomy 28, then the Lord will make your plagues, uh, wonderful, and the plagues of your seed, even great plagues of long, Continuance and sore sickness and of long continuance. Moreover, he will bring you all the diseases of Egypt which you were afraid of, and they shall cleave to you. Don't want to be a disease attractor, you want to be a disease repeller. (laughs) Also, every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of this law, them will the Lord bring upon thee until you be destroyed. He's talking about people who are under a curse, people who don't follow him, don't obey him, and they reject him, okay? But sickness is a part of the curse, okay? And uh, go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, and we're going to see something here. This tells us, What happened? Romans chapter 5, verse 12. And the Bible says this Wherefore, by one man, sin entered the world, and uh, death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. When Adam, who was. The prototype. He was the example. He was the head of humanity. When he sinned, then all of humanity was infected with sin. And every person born after Adam was born into sin. But when you meet Jesus, he delivers you out of sin. Amen? And he gives you a new nature. So, uh, Death came through sin, right? Someone said it uh, this way. Uh, Sickness is the product of its father, Satan, and its mother, Sin. It's an offspring, okay? Um, So death came by one man. And in the story of Job, the Bible says it was the devil that put boils on Job. It was the devil that struck Job with boils. Now, I know you may have heard this. People say, well, God allowed it. <laughs> well, actually, Job allowed it because he got into fear. And, and God simply pointed out that Job was already in the territory of where he shouldn't have been. But uh, how many know uh, Job didn't stay that way for the rest of his life? He got healed, and actually, at the end of the book, God gave him double for his trouble. Amen? Amen. So, uh, God will deliver you, okay? Um, Go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, and uh, verse uh, 38. Acts 10, verse 38. And, you know, we just have to let the Bible interpret the Bible, okay? Okay? Look at what was recorded about Jesus in Acts ten thirty eight. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. Everybody say good. I want you to know that God is good. And he does good. God does not do evil. God is not a thief. God doesn't steal, kill, and destroy. God gives life. Okay, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of who? The devil, devil, for God was with him. You know, Jesus said this in 1 John 3, he said, I have come to destroy the works of the devil. How does the devil work? He does things on purpose to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his M.O., his modus operandi. That is what he does. Everything the devil does is designed to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have abundant life. So abundant life counteracts what the devil does. And it makes you better off. Okay. All right, go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. Where, where does sickness come from? You know, some people think that God uses sickness to teach you something. Guess what? God uses the Holy Spirit to teach you, not sickness. Sickness is not a tool in God's tool chest. Healing is a tool in his tool chest. Life is a tool in his tool chest. Strength is a tool in his tool chest. Okay? Luke 13, verse uh, 11. And behold, there was a woman which had, notice this phrase, a spirit of infirmity. Or a sickness caused by a spirit. Is fear a spirit? God did not give us the spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. Sickness is also a spirit. That doesn't mean that every sickness is a spirit of infirmity, but there are spirits of infirmity that cause people to be sick. Okay? There was a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and couldn't in no wise lift herself up. So you might think of this: she was in this position for 18 years, because whenever she went to the doctors, there's no test to determine if you've got a spirit of infirmity. Doctor <laughs> says, "Oh, I checked you out. You've got a spirit of infirmity." They don't even know what a spirit of infirmity is. Right. Right. Only God would know this. And when Jesus saw her, oh, come on, Jesus is looking, he's watching, he knows what's happening, he he notices you. In your pain. And he's saying, I can help you. Jesus saw her and he called her to him. He calls you to himself. Okay? And he said unto her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. He was exercising authority over evil spirits. He, he knew that this was a spirit of infirmity, and the minute he saw her, he said, uh-uh. Because, listen, as much as he hates sin, he hates sickness. Yeah. God does not like it, and God can do something about it. Yeah. Amen? Amen? You, so this woman had a uh, spirit of infirmity. Go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 22. Look at this matthew twelve twenty two then was brought unto him one possessed with what they were possessed with a devil, blind and dumb. <laughs> well, I guess that describes the devil okay and he Jesus healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. So, why did the Bible say that this man was possessed with an evil spirit that was blind and dumb? It was the evil spirit that was causing the blindness and the dumbness in his life. And what did Jesus, see the same power that delivers you is the same power that heals you and it 's the same power that saves you yes. it 's all the same power, okay, yes. so Jesus healed him, and he was able to do what he couldn 't do because Jesus healed him yes. amen yes. and and all the people were amazed and said, "'Is this not the son of David? I mean Jesus is healing. Was not would not be approved by the American Medical Association. His methods were a little bit different. Hallelujah. Jesus never walked around with a stethoscope, but he was a physician. Thank you. He never went to medical school, but he's got lots of results. Yes. Amen? Amen? He's got proven, time-tested results over and over and over again. But see, here's what, the, here's what happens. You know, the devil is a deceiver. Do you know the devil convinces people there's a flu season? There's a time in the year where people are most likely to get flu because there's a flu season. What about a healing season? No, that's every day. Amen? Amen. Don't let the devil convince you that there is a season of sickness that you have to subject your body to when we have the cure. You know, when you have the antidote, you're like, you're like uh, Clint Eastwood, go ahead, make my day. We have the cure, we have the antidote, we have the life that's greater than any sickness and disease. But you have to resist it. You can't create a welcoming atmosphere for sickness like it's some uninvited guest. Don't make sickness feel comfortable. You've got to apply the pressure of the Word onto the sickness. You know, if you ever have built anything or watched someone build something, you know, you could put a nail in a board, but that nail doesn't drive itself into the board, does it? You've got to either take a hammer or a, an air-compressed gun to drive that nail into the board. Amen? When, when, you, when you use Scripture against sickness, you're driving the nail into the board. We've got a hammer sickness with the Word. You know, if there's a fire, if a building's on fire, the fire department doesn't show up with a little trickle. They don't show up with squirt guns. (laughs) We're going to take this fire with squirt guns. No. They got a hose with some pressure. It takes more than one person to hold on to that hose. Why? Because they got to apply greater pressure to the fire than the fire applies to it so they can put it out. We got to apply greater pressure to sickness and disease. So that we can get it out. Amen. So the origin of sickness and uh, disease, you know, sickness, Satan uses sickness as a tool. Okay. But now let's see what God's will is. All right. Does God want me well? Yes. Go to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. You know, when I was in Bible school, we studied 30 reasons why it's God's will to heal. Aren't you glad I'm not going to give you 30 reasons this morning? But there's, see, the Bible is chalked full of healing. It's just that people pay more attention to what the world says than what God's word says. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, it says this, if you will diligently hearken to the voice, you know, healing oftentimes does require some participation, okay? There are times when God heals supernaturally, sovereignly. When we have nothing to do with it. god it's just, healing is a display of God's mercy and compassion. Yes. But 19 cases in the Gospels of healing that are recorded, 11 of those 19 were healed by their faith. So that means more than half of the things, of the uh, uh, um, the, uh, the situations that were recorded about people getting healed, more than half of them were by their own faith, yes. so that that says that healing does require some participation. Okay, yes. diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord, yes. and will do that what that which is right in His sight, and will give ear to His commandments. And keep his statutes; I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that heals you. God calls Himself, "I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals." Not gonna. I am. He he didn't say I retired from it. He said he didn't say I was. He said I am. I am the Lord who heals. Say he is the the Lord who heals me. If you're going to call yourself healing, then you better back it up with some action. Amen? He calls himself the healer. I am the healer. Right? I am not, I am not, he didn't say I am the author of sickness. He said I am the healer. Jesus is the healer. He's opposite of what the devil does. The devil is called the destroyer. Jesus is called the life giver. So, He uses the name, okay, go to Proverbs chapter 4. I know we're looking at a lot of scripture, but I'm just feeding your faith. It's a buffet of faith today. We got plenty of good dishes on faith today. Amen? Proverbs chapter 4, it says something similar, but then it it gives us some medicine. Starting with verse 23. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, uh, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Says my son. Now when he says my son, he also includes daughter. Son is a position. Attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life. God's word is life to those that find them. And health to all your flesh. That word health is medicine. So you could say it this way God's word is health to or medicine to all my flesh. Yeah. Come on, I'm giving you some medicine today. Yeah. Amen? amen? So God's word is health to what? It's all your flesh. To your skin, to your organs, to uh your your systems in your body, to, to all your flesh. Everything that's to your bones, to your blood, amen to your digestive system, to your uh, nervous system, to your skeletal system, to your muscular system. God's Word is medicine. God's Word is medicine to all your flesh. Amen. Say, God's word, is my God's word is my medicine. And let me tell you something about God's medicine. It has no side effects. Sometimes the side effects on medicine are more scary than what they're trying to help. There's a medicine that's going to make you less depressed, but it's going to cause you to throw up 50 times a day. I don't know. I might get depressed if I'm throwing up so much. I mean, we've all seen these ads, right? They advertise a particular medicine. But then the list of side effects are like, oh, my goodness. You know, side effects help. Side effects help. Help. But God's medicine has no side effects. It just does what it needs to do. It brings the cure. It brings a cure. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Hallelujah. Look at verse 20. I'm sorry, verse 15. Deuteronomy 7, verse 15. And the Lord will take away. Everybody say take away. away. Notice it didn't say put on. The Lord will take away from you a few sicknesses. Everybody say all. All. You know, in the Bible, you know what the word all means? All. It's very deep, isn't it? (laughs) The Lord will take away from you all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which you know, upon you, but will lay them on all those who hate you. (laughs) Get ready for people who hate you. Surprise! (laughs) You don't mess with God's children. Did you know that? As a, as a child of God, if someone curses you, it bounces off of you and goes to them. Yes. God told Abraham, anyone who blesses you, I will bless. But anyone who curses you, I will curse. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you. See, we live in a fallen world. The world that we are currently living in has been infected by sin. And this world has changed. Okay? And there, in this world, in this earth, there is sickness, there is disease, and our bodies are susceptible to this world. Right? I mean, you could you could just get up. And go about your day, and at some point, you're going to have to wash your hands, maybe more than once, just in one day. Why? Because we contact germs in this world. We contact dust. I mean, you dust the house, and then the next day, it brings relatives. Why? We live in a germ-infested, fallen world. And when Jesus comes again, he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And it's going to be just like the garden was. But until then, he gave us healing. Because he knew that we were going to encounter sickness. Sickness doesn't come on... Listen, sickness doesn't care if you're male or female. It doesn't care if you're young or old. It doesn't care if you're a health nut or not a health nut. It affects you. Right? But we have the cure. The cure is Jesus. He reverses the effects of sickness. Hallelujah. Go to 3 John chapter 2. There's only one chapter there. 3 John 2. And look at what this says. You know, we teach we teach our elementary children that the Bible is all true. I want you to say this with me. Say, the Bible is all true. Everything that it says in there is absolutely true, trustworthy, and reliable. You believe that? Because it is. Okay? You've just had a Bible adventure lesson just in this moment. Okay? 3 John 2. And it says this. Beloved, say, God's talking to me. Whenever you see the word beloved, you got to tell yourself, God's talking to me because you are God's beloved. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and what? Be in health even as your soul prospers. Healing is nice, but walking in health is great. God will heal you so that you can walk in health. But that's his goal. His goal is for you to be in health. Why? He wants you to finish his will for your life. He wants you to do what you need to do. Sickness is a thief. Sickness steals your time. It steals your energy. It steals your money. It steals your vitality. It hinders you from doing what God wants you to do. And we got to see it that way. Jesus never condemned anybody that was sick, but he gave them a solution. Amen. Amen. Now I want you to go to Matthew chapter 8. And we're going to spend the majority of our time here cuz there's three examples of healing in here that are extremely powerful. Okay? And then we're going to pray for people And we believe that God's going to touch your body and heal you of any condition. I'm not the healer. I'm just here to bring God's word, but God is the healer. He has power to heal. Okay? Matthew chapter 8, starting with verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him i mean if you heard of someone that everywhere he went he taught he preached he healed and people's lives were changed people were delivered wouldn't you want to follow him too amen see now today it's easier we can just follow him on facebook you know if jesus was walking the earth today he would have a facebook page right because he'd be the face of the book <laughs> amen And he would have all kinds of truth on Facebook. He wouldn't argue. He would just state the fact, state the truth, okay? Verse 2. Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him. What did the leper do? The leper who wasn't supposed to be in public settings. Leprosy was a skin disease. It would leave you nasty. It, it could even dismember, like, your fingers and things on your body. Leprosy is a nasty thing, and, and sin is like leprosy. What, what leprosy is in the natural, sin is in the spirit. So I want you to notice that this leper came to Jesus. He didn't just watch him from the sidelines. He didn't just hope Jesus would come to him. He went to him. Yes. How many know if you're thirsty, you've got go, uh, to go to where the source of, of something to drink is? Amen? Yes, right. Unless you have maids and butlers, that's going to bring it to you, which is okay. Right. Hey, I, I want you to have maids and butlers. Imagine imagine the, the things you get done in a week. <laughs> Listen, when you want something from God, you got to come to him. Cuz he's already came to you. He already left heaven and came to earth. He already did his thing. He retired early. Why? Cuz he finished God's will. Okay? So now if you want something from God, if you want healing from God, you got to come to him. saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. He understood that Jesus had ability, but what he didn't know is if he would do it for me. And maybe we prayed that way, Lord, if it be your will. Well, I have a suggestion. You might want to figure out what his will is before you pray. Okay? How does Jesus answer this question? If you, if, Lord, if you will, you can. Jesus put his hand and touched him. Woo! Glory to God. If anybody can touch leprosy, it's the healer. He's not afraid to touch leprosy. He'll get right in your mess to get you out of it. God is not afraid of your dirt. Why? He, he He's the cleanser. He's you know uh, any any stain can be gotten out with the crimson tide. So, so Jesus is answering the question, will, what is my will? So he touched him and said, I what? I will be clean. Yes. Listen, when Jesus says it's his will to heal, it's always his will to heal. Yes. Everyone who came to Jesus for healing was never turned away. Anyone that came to Jesus for healing, Jesus never said, let me think about it. Let me pray about it. His answer to your sickness is always and forever will be, I will. What is God's will? He wants you healed. That's what his will is. And immediately, everybody say immediately. His leprosy was cleansed. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Brand new skin. I mean, this even happened in the Old Testament. Naaman, who was a Syrian military general. He had high rank. He had a prominent position. He had power and wealth. But he had leprosy. And he heard from one of his servants, who happened to be Jewish. She said, no, you know, there's a prophet down in Jerusalem that can heal you. Okay, I'm going to go to him. So he sends a letter to the king of Israel saying, I'm going to come down and I want you to heal me. And the king's like, what do you want me to do? He expects me to heal him? And Elijah knew that he got a letter and said, don't worry about it, I'll handle it. <laughs> right? Or Elisha. And uh, so Naaman comes down and Elisha doesn't even leave his house. And he sends his servant to Naaman, saying, "Go wash in the Jordan seven times." Oh, I don't want to wash in the Jordan. The Swatera is much better. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I got other—I got better rivers than I can wash in. Then the servant, well, sir, if he'd have told you to do something great, would you have done it? Uh, why, yes. Okay. So he, he goes down to the Jordan. How, you know, see, healing is, requires your participation. Sometimes you've got to follow the instruction. Okay? If Dr. Jesus gives you an instruction, you've got to do that instruction because that's where his power is. So he went down, dipped in the Jordan seven times. And on the seventh time, the, the Bible says that his skin was like that of a baby's skin. Leprosy free. Whew, Okay. All right? Let's read on in Matthew chapter 8. And Jesus said unto him, See see that you tell no man, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded you for a testimony unto them. I don't know how Jesus expected people to be quiet about these things. But, uh, you know, the priests were the ones that could... uh, Pronounce a leper whole. Even though Jesus healed him, he still went through the process of uh, finding himself whole officially. Okay? Jesus wasn't a rebel. He fulfilled the law. Okay? He fulfilled all the law because not one of us could have. So he fulfilled the law for us and he said, here's the victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, verse 5, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. Now, this is a soldier, right? He's, under, he's over at least 100 men. He's a centurion. And uh, notice the centurion came to him, okay, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said, what? I will come and heal him. What's God's answer to sickness? I will heal you. What's God's answer to to disease? I will heal you. Healing is for today. Healing is my will. Okay, Jesus said that himself. I will come and heal him. I want you to see how willing Jesus is to heal. And the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only. Do you remember Proverbs said, what's in his word? Life and health. Plus, the centurion had an understanding of the authority of the word. And who was the one speaking it? Okay? Don't come to my house. (laughs) Because I'm not worthy, but speak the word only, and my servant, what? Shall be. Everybody say shall be. You know, you have to respond with confidence to God. The centurion didn't say, I hope this works. The centurion didn't say, this might work. The, The centurion said, you speak the word, and it shall be amen that's a very demonstrative declarative statement that means it can't go any other way this is the way it's going to go okay and uh for i'm a man under authority having soldiers under me i say to this man go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it when jesus heard it He marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith in all Israel. When you understand the authority of Jesus and the authority of the word, that is the highest kind of faith. Jesus is saying this is the greatest expression and understanding of faith that I have ever seen in all of Jerusalem. That's a pretty powerful statement there we That centurion was so confident in the Word and who was speaking the word, you know when the Word is speaking the word, you can be confident. Yeah. amen yeah. Jesus is the word made flesh, it was the word speaking the word, and it's going to happen. Yeah. we've got to put our confidence in the word. Yeah. You can go to a doctor and get an examination, and he may give you a prescription take three times you know three times a day. how many's ever had that you know? You've been to a doctor, and he's given you a prescription, and on that prescription, it instructs you how many times you need to take it, right? Whether uh, before a meal or with a meal or what. Sometimes we obey doctors more than we obey the Lord. Oh, (laughs) now you're getting down to the nitty-gritty, Pastor. What if Jesus gave you an instruction? Would you follow it as diligently and closely as you would the doctors? Hmm? God tells you to do something or to change something or to stop something. You'd be like, ah, I don't need to do that. Okay, then. You're not going to get what he said. Amen? Okay. Um, Go down to verse 13. Jesus said unto the centurion, go your way as you have believed, so be it done unto you. Everybody say, as he believed. So... His belief structured the, the result. What he, he believed that when Jesus spoke, everything Jesus said happens. That's what he believed. Okay? So his belief set the parameters of what was going to happen. All right? Jesus himself said, Go your way as you have believed, so be it done to you. This was a direct correlation. Jesus didn't say, okay, my power is going to do it. He said, as you have believed. Go in the confidence of what you believe. Yeah. And his servant was healed the self same hour. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Okay? Now let's look at verse 14. And when Jesus was come to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever okay so jesus came to peter's house because peter was one of his right-hand men and peter had a family he had a wife okay we don't have any other information about the other disciples but we know that peter had a wife uh, you know what Pe- what made peter rich his net income <laughs> net net income because he was a fisherman <laughs> So Jesus comes in, and he sees Peter's wife's mother laid sick with a fever. Okay? How do you know she had a fever? Maybe she's lying under the covers. Maybe she's got the chills. Maybe she's breaking out in a cold sweat. You know know what what happens when you have a fever, right? Okay, now watch this. And he touched her hand. Because Jesus said they shall lay hands on the sick. And what happens? Say, lift up your hands for a minute. Say, these are holy hands. And when I lay hands, these hands, on someone who's sick, they shall recover. Because there's healing in these hands. Because these are Jesus' hands. If you're his body, then these are are his hands. Amen? Every believer's hands is the hand of Jesus because it's the hand of his body. Does your hand ever go anywhere without your body? Okay, then. (laughs) So he touched her hand, and the fever, what happened? It left her, and she arose and ministered to them. Wow. Uh, I I was uh, in Illinois. This was long before I was married, and uh, I was sitting in the place that I used to work. It was a a restaurant. It was a truck stop restaurant called Hamilton's, and uh, I was a cook there. That's where I learned how to drink coffee because I work 3 to 11 during the week and 11 to 7 on Friday and Saturday. (laughs) And that shift in times makes your mind. Anyway, uh, one of the workers was there, and I was there on my off day. And uh, he was sitting across the table from me, and we were just talking. And he he had this kind of uh, painful look on his face like, you know, he was kind of like cringing. I said, "What's going on?" He says, "I have these migraines." He said, "These migraines are just uh, putting pressure on me, and I almost can't stand." It. I said, "Would you like me to pray for you?" He said, "Sure." So I said, "Okay." I said, I, I, "In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you that you are the healer, and I thank you for touching him right now. In Jesus' name, be healed." And his eyes got biggest saucers. He's like, <laughs> he's looking at me like, "I'm like what?" He goes, "It left." The pain left. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. Why? Jesus is the healer. Healing is for today. Okay? Now, it gets better. Jesus isn't done yet. Verse 16. I mean, he, he touched her and the fever said, I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, when you get touched with life, fever can't hang around. Right. Verse 16. When evening was come... They brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick. Amen? Notice verse 17. That that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So oh, you got to pull up Isaiah 53.5, and you got to see this. Okay? Jesus healed people to fulfill what Isaiah prophesied, because healing is in the Word. Amen? And Isaiah 53.5, I could quote it, but I want you to see it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes the screen is kind of like uh, Jed Clampett. Up from the ground come a bubbling crude. <laughs> Oil, that is. Okay, we're going to go back to Matthew, but I want you to see Isaiah 53.5. He was wounded for our transgressions. Yeah. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Okay? Hold your place there in Matthew and go to first Peter two twenty four. My goodness. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Notice. Isaiah said, you are. Why? What's Isaiah looking to? He's looking to the future. He sees the cross. He sees where Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes, 39 stripes on his back, by every stripe, you are healed. Isaiah is looking to the future. Peter, he's looking to what was done on the cross. Isaiah said, you are, but Peter was looking back. He saw what Jesus did. He was there when Jesus was crucified. He denied knowing him. He was there at the empty tomb. He saw what Jesus was done, and he said, by his stripes, you were healed. So guess what? You, your healing took place at the cross. When Jesus was at the cross, when he shed his blood, your healing was paid for. Your salvation was paid for. He atoned for everything right here at the cross. This was the place where payment was made. Hallelujah. So Isaiah looking to the future, Peter looking to the past, they're both looking at the cross. And both the old and the new declare that by his stripes you were, you are. If you, if you were, let me say it this way, if you are and you were, then you is. <laughs> now that may make me, make me flunk English, but it is, it's, it's true anyway. If you are and you were, you is. Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. The only thing that you have to rely on from the time that you get prayed for healing and the time that it manifests is his word said, I'm healed. Yes. There's nowhere in the Bible that records, I'm waiting for it to manifest. No. You got to you got to look at yourself. You got to consider yourself as the healed. Amen. You are the healed. Those of you that know Jesus, do you consider yourself saved? Amen. No matter what happens, you're still saved. Right? Even when we do foolish things, we're still saved. So we got to consider ourselves the healed. Amen. We got to start approaching sickness from victory, not from defeat. We got to understand that sickness was dealt with at the cross. Every stripe that Jesus took took on His back dealt with every form of sickness, every form of disease that is imaginable to man. It's all done, taken care of, paid for, signed, sealed, and delivered. Hallelujah. So, I just want you to know that there's plenty of healing to go around. Crowds of people got healed. Individuals got healed. They got healed on the beach. They got healed in the house. They got healed in the synagogue. They touched him. He touched them. He commanded a man with a withered hand to stretch forth his hand. And the man stretched forth his hand and it was made completely new. Amen. There is healing in this house today. Because healing is for today. Healing is for you. Healing is God's will. As much as he wants you saved, he wants you healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And today, healing is yours. And if you're in this place today and you have any kind of sickness, any kind of infirmity, I don't care how big or how small it is. I'm here to tell you today that God wants you healed and God wants you whole. Of every infirmity, every sickness, every disease. If something's out of place in your body, no better person to put it back in the right place than the manufacturer. If Jesus... Can create the world with his word. And he can rise from the grave after three days being dead. Don't you think that he can heal your body? Yeah. It's nothing for God. Hallelujah. He wants you healed. He wants you whole. Yeah. But you got to come to him. Yeah. And you got to believe him. Yeah. And you just have to receive it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter if you've dealt with a thing for 38 years, uh, 15 years, or 12 years. or th- It doesn't matter how long you've dealt with it or if it just came up. God can take care of it. Thank you. He wants you healed. Yeah. He wants you whole. Yeah. And the healer is here today. Hallelujah. So if you need healing in your body, you. I want you to come up here right now in the name of Jesus. And both Dr. Fiona and I are going to lay our hands on you. Amen.